International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. You don't do the work of God without opposition and trouble coming. Opposition and trouble do come. Now, what I would like to do explain to you this morning is the forms in which opposition and trouble come. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Ezra turning to chapter 4 today, and Dr. Shaw will recap the events of our recent study as the exiles from Judah were released by King Cyrus to come home to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and their lives. But like every work of God and every person of God, there is always opposition to God, and it was no different in Ezra's day. Let's listen. Here's our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw with part one of a message called, When the Enemy Attacks. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Ezra chapter 4, Ezra chapter 4. And as we get ready to read the scripture, let's remember a couple of things. The children of Israel had been in captivity for 70 years. For 70 years in captivity... And now God is allowing them to come back to the land. He's raised up Cyrus. Cyrus says, it's my job to build a temple in Jerusalem. He commissions people. He, gives, he, he tells the Israelites, you need to go. He tells the other Israelites, you need to help pay for it. So they're helping to pay for it. He gives them all the vessels of the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had stolen so many years before. And they, are, they have now made their way back to the land They have spread out to get their houses sort of situated. Now they have, we talked about this last time, they gathered together, Feast of Tabernacles. Just so happened that we were talking about them gathering together on the Feast of the Tabernacles last week when it was the Feast of Tabernacles in the Jewish calendar for this year. And so they've gathered together and they've laid the foundation for the temple and everybody is screaming and rejoicing and happy because the temple is being rebuilt. And that's where we come, here. 
So let's begin reading verse 4. Now, when the adversaries, notice that word, of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you. For we seek your God, as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless your word. I pray that you will touch hearts here this morning. Lord, I pray that you will change our lives for your glory. And Lord, I pray that you help us to see the application for us in this passage of Scripture. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how are we going to take this story, this section of Scripture, and apply it to who we are today? Well, one of the things that we're talking about is when God's people gather together to accomplish something for God. This is the dynamics of gathering together to accomplish something for God. Now, what, what is happening in these ancient times is the children of Israel are gathering together, especially Judah and Benjamin, which is the southern kingdom. They're gathering together, they've come back, and their job is to build the what? Anybody want to tell me? They're going to build the temple. So they're gathering together, this is one focus, we're going to build the temple. Now, let's go forward about 500 years, and we're coming to to the New Testament church. The New Testament church is a group of people that are specifically gifted. Like that group in the Old Testament, they had various uh, administrative skills and priests and uh, artisans and, you know, all different kinds of people, right? And they were gathered together to accomplish a task. So the New Testament church is gathered together to accomplish a task. God has gifted us all for the purpose of working together to accomplish what one thing in this age It's the Great Commission to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the Great Commission, by the way, it's not just to reach the world with something. It's to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us, uh, told the New Testament church, you, you teach them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. You're baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So we're teaching, we're baptizing, uh, we're, uh, we're helping people to grow in Jesus Christ. For what purpose? So that they can teach others and baptize them and teach them to grow in Jesus Christ. So that they can teach others and baptize them and teach them to grow in Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, So the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So we have this perpetuating thing going. You are a link in the gospel chain that is intended to continue until Jesus comes again. So how's all that going for you? How's all that Christian life going for you? You know, obeying the Lord Jesus Christ and raising your family and teaching them and, and doing all the... Uh, is it, has, it, has it been all happiness, sunshine, and unicorns for you? You ever have one of those days? 
I mean, you just, you wake up in the morning and you had a great night's sleep and you feel refreshed and the clothes that you planned to wear that day are there and they're neatly pressed and when you put them on, they fit good. You think, man, I've lost a few. And you go, and, and your hair, those of you that have it, um, goes just right. And the dog goes out in the morning and comes back and everything's good. And, and so you, you get in the car in plenty of time to get to work. And as you go down the road, all the lights change at exactly the right time. No construction. Everything's going great. And when you get to work, the first thing that you think is this. When's the other shoe going to drop? This isn't going to last, right? You say, well, the way the Christian life is supposed to work is when we're doing the work of God, everything should go smoothly. When you're obedient to God and his hand of blessing is upon your life, your health is going to be perfect. All your relationships are going to be great. You're going to have plenty of money. There are people that preach this. The problem is, and I wonder, those people that preach this, you wonder if they've read the Bible. After all, we start with the book of Job, you know, first book in the Old Testament. Man, everything worked out great for him, right? In the obedient to God, in God's will. And, I mean, and he has trials come upon him. They're unimaginable. That the whole point of the book of Job is to explain to people why what seem like bad things happen to good people. And then you come into the New Testament. Probably the first book chronologically written of the New Testament is the book of James. And James, my, you know, to the, James, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you'd fall into various temptations or trials or difficulties. That, those are the first words out in New, the New Testament canon. So, let me explain something to you, okay? And we see it in this passage of Scripture as well. You don't do the work of God without opposition and trouble coming. Opposition and trouble do come. Now, what I would like to do explain to you this morning is the forms in which opposition and trouble come. Opposition to God comes in many forms, and we would be wise to be on our guard. Dr. Shaw will be back with more in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we study the book of Ezra and bring you part one of a message titled, When the Enemy Attacks. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry going on at Northwest called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. 
Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he talks more about dealing with opposition. Now, there's a sense in which this will be a sort of negative message if you want to take it that way. I'm sorry, it's just the Bible, okay? But sometimes if you know what's coming, it's a positive message because you know how to prepare. And so what we're going to talk about is strategies of the enemy. Now, now when we come to to Ezra chapter 4, it says, When the adversaries, did you know that God has adversaries in the world? There are adversaries of Christianity, there are adversaries of the gospel, there are adversaries of who God is, there are adversaries of God's people. We see that adversarial role being filled in the very beginning by Satan when he appears in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 in the form of a serpent. See, well, I don't like to talk about those things. I don't like to think about those things. I just want to think about all happiness and good stuff. It's, we have to prepare ourselves for the real world in which we live. And the Bible does that. We come into the New Testament. That Satan is a, our adversary who walks about as a roaring lion. So we, had, we have adversaries from the book of Genesis all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. And if you don't think there are adversaries to God and Christianity in the world, then your head is in the sand right now because all you have to do is look around you and not very hard at all. You stumble over it everywhere. We have an election coming up. Did you know that? Did you know, have you noticed something? The main thing that is being advertised as the voting issue in this election is the killing of unborn children. For one side in this election, that seems to be all they got. We are for killing babies. Do you think that stands in opposition to what God stands for? Say, Pastor, you're preaching politics. No, I'm preaching the word of God. The Bible deals with this. And so uh, the whole, um, we talk about the, pol- the political issues, the big political issues of our day today are moral issues which the Word of God addresses. And there is an opposition to Christianity in which all that would be traditional, normal, stable homes as God intended, I mean, we, th- this is is being opposed. And so let's talk about the enemy and talk about how he opposes. Now, it will help us to know a little bit about this, the timeline here. 
So let's just take a look because I, we're, I'm going to preach through Ezra and Nehemiah, which is going to cover a period of more than 100 years, okay? And while I'm preaching Ezra and Nehemiah, we're going to touch Haggai and Zechariah too. Actually, I'm going to preach through the book of Haggai in the middle of this. You say, why is that? You'll see. You say, that sounds confusing. It's not really confusing. We're just going to look at it based upon the timeline. Okay? So Cyrus declares a return in 538 B.C. The children of Israel gather together. They get all the equipment gathered together. They try to make, uh, they travel the, that long distance all the way back to Jerusalem. They begin to spread out. And um, then they gather together the Feast of Tabernacles, 538 B.C. Takes, or 536 B.C. So it takes them about two years to get all that organized and get ready to lay the foundation of the temple. Darius becomes king, by the way, which is not the same Darius that we see in the book of Daniel. It's a different one. Well, that's a different issue. But Darius becomes king in 521 B.C. The temple is completed in 515 B.C. Now, I, I want you to notice something. The time between the laying of the foundation and the completion of the temple, anybody doing the math? Is about 21 years. 21 years. You say, well, why in the world? It took them that long? That must have been a huge building project. No. They spent about 15 years doing nothing. And we're going to talk about why. This morning. Now, there are some letters in the, that are recorded in this chapter. By the way, um, we'll see uh, later on um, Ezra comes. There are three different returns. There's the return under Zerubbabel. That's the one we're talking about now. That will be a return nearly 70 years later under Ezra. As you say, but Ezra's writing this book. Yes, but he's writing history here. There'll be return unto Ezra, and Ezra comes to straighten out all the mess that got created by the first group that didn't that that got out of whack. And then you'll have the return under Nehemiah after that, where Nehemiah comes to rebuild the walls of the temple. So remember that Ezra is writing this and he's looking back, and there will be a couple letters in this chapter that are actually from a later time period to be examples of the type of opposition the children of Israel were facing. It's not that they're put in here deceitfully because he tells us exactly when these letters were written. And so we can go back and look, and he understands the timeline. But we'll take a look at the opposition and the type of opposition that happened. So this is the timeline so far. They, they, we're right after point two up there. We're right after the altar and the foundation have been built. And what happens the enemy attacks, the adversaries here. Now, how does the enemy work? Well, here's the first tactic of the enemy, friendship. You say, ooh, that's scary. It might be the most effective tactic the enemy has. Let's take a look. It says here, now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded under the Lord God of Israel. Then they came to Zerubbabel, and they said, verse, middle of verse 2, let us build with you. Let us join with you. Let us build with you. Can I tell you something? You need to be very, very careful when your enemy says, let me help. Let's work together. The purpose of the, purpose of the enemies of God in joining the work of God 
is to corrupt the word of, work of God from, be, beginning, from the beginning. It's one, one of the things that Satan does. And we can look at a number of passages of Scripture um, to see how that this happened in the, New, the Old Testament. And we see some isolated incidents in the Old Testament, but this becomes a pervasive problem with the New Testament church. Now, here's what they said. Now, I, I can imagine. They, they come and say, listen, we worship the same God. We worship, we're, we're after the same thing. We worship the same God. And the answer to that, of course, is no. You don't. They did not worship the God, the same God. I want you to notice a little bit here. It says, let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhaddon, the king of Asher. Now, here's the problem. You say, well, can you imagine? And I'm sure that there are some people within the leadership of the children of Israel at this point that thought, wow, they're coming along and they want to join with us and they want to help. What a blessing. Isn't this great? Now, I don't want to be cynical, okay? I don't think it helps Christians to be cynical. But I do think it does help Christians to be wise. And I do think it helps us, helps Christians to think through what people are saying. Dr. Shaw will be back with some closing thoughts about thinking things through before partnering with somebody. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. You can visit daretostand.org and follow the links to the church website, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623-581-3115 today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station, and you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. 
I'm Celeste Montague, encouraging you to tune in next time as we continue a study in the book of Ezra. Now here's Dr. Shaw with some closing thoughts about what happened when the exiles considered partnering with people who were claiming to join with them in their mission to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Do join us next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. You say, well, wouldn't it have been possible? What if they were actually really sincere? That they, you know, the children of Israel are coming back from the land of Persia and they're willing to establish temple worship in Jerusalem and now these people want to convert to Judaism and they want to join with them and they want to join together and be one great, big, happy, God-worshipping family. But when you listen to what they say, we know that that is not true. 